Hey, you're listening to Innovators Can Laugh, the fun startup podcast. I'm your host, Eric Melcher. On ICO, we interview an innovative entrepreneur in the European tech startup scene every week. My goal is to have my guests share their wisdom while having a little fun in the process. Now let's dive in. Hey, ICO fans, today we're talking about how to ship products fast. That's right, building a SaaS product with as little friction as possible. This is something that Nico Botha realized that there was a need for, and he created a solution for it. In addition to launching ShipSaaS.com, which is a starter kit that includes all the integrations you need to build a SaaS app fast, we dive into the mistakes he made when he was launching his product Many people who saw it on Product Hunt actually sent him messages saying that it was too inexpensive. Nico and I also discuss how it's not necessary to have a computer software degree to run a successful SaaS business and his other fun projects that are helping to raise awareness for his flagship product. If you're wanting to build a SaaS product faster and are not a computer software geek, then this episode is for you. And if you want to listen to this on YouTube, you can find my channel, Innovators Can Laugh, and check out episode 47. Let's dive in. All right, Nico, I'd like to start off with the product you released not too long ago, ShipSaas, which is a starter kit that includes all the integrations you need to build a SaaS app fast. You can have a complete app with a landing page, a login, registration, and billing functionality ready in under a week. What compelled you to create this starter kit? The main thing that uh, compelled me to create it was kind of scratching my own itch. So I was uh, I was looking for a starter kit because I, like most devs, I have a lot of ideas and I want a lot. Of, I want to build a lot of things. But at the time, I couldn't find a kit that was built with a tech stack that I was looking for. And yeah, I, I looked everywhere on the internet, couldn't find it. And then I figured maybe it's not as difficult to build something like this myself. And then I created it. And yeah, that uh, that's where it all started. Well, how long did it take you? Was it difficult to put together? It took about two to three weeks. So I, I could uh, reuse a lot of the code that I've written for previous projects. And that's also what gave me the idea because every time I had a new idea, I had to write all this lot of boilerplate code and, you know, all the boring stuff that every project needs, but it's not the core problem that you're trying to solve. You have to write that yeah. from scratch all over again every time there's something new that comes up. So then I figured... I can just make a template and then reuse this for all future projects that I want to build. Yeah, yeah. Like what? So I'm not a developer, but what are, what are some of those boilerplate things that you need when, when you're trying to you know launch a new SaaS product? Well, all apps normally have a registration page, a login page, a way to reset your password page where you can manage all your account details and settings and stuff like that. And then normally you have a database integration with some sort, depending on what database you want to use and file storage uh, solution. If you want to upload files and do file sharing and those kind of things, which most uh, SaaS products. Yeah. And then there's also email sending, billing. So I've got a Stripe integration in there. Yeah. It, it makes it easier if all that integrations are already set up, you can just add your, your config variables or your keys and uh, yeah, build from there. You don't have to write all that boilerplate code yourself. Yeah, yeah. So how many developers are currently using ShipSaas? I've got about just over 40 clients at the moment. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Now, what, what are some of the most frequent questions that you get before somebody actually purchases the product? The questions that I get before purchase is mostly, oh, does it have this kind of feature or can you do this or that? And sometimes it's also tech stack related. So 
the skit is built with Next.js, which is a React.js uh, framework, and a product called Superbase, which is uh, like an all-in-one backend as a service product. And mostly the questions I get are around either Next.js or Superbase and whether it has some kind of functionality that uh, people want. Okay, okay. So when I saw this on Product Hunt, I was looking at some of the questions and a lot of people were, were asking, why is it so cheap? Because I think the base price was $79.99 at the time and you had it discounted to $49.99. Yeah. Since then, did you act on that feedback? <laughs> is, it a, is it a different cost now than the $79.99? Yes. So I think that that's probably a, a, a mistake that a lot of uh, first-time founders make is you undervalue your own product and you think, but... I don't think people want to pay for this or they might might think it's too expensive. And that's exactly what yeah. the mistake I made uh, when I first launched this. And <laughs> I figured, yeah, I don't know if this it's it's really valuable. I don't know if people would pay for this. And it, it's yeah. actually great that people were telling me, hey, this is too cheap. Um, raise your prices. <laughs> and then the interesting thing happened, I decided to raise my prices. I raised it a little bit because it's quite a frightening experience. You don't know what will happen or people just stop paying yeah. is it going to be too expensive and then i raised it a little bit and then i raised it some more again and the interesting thing that happened is after i actually raised my prices to what it's um priced now it's uh, 249 dollars i actually got a lot more sales that's actually when i've started making the the bulk of my sales so far but it's quite a frightening experience <laughs> uh, i'll tell you that yeah all right you hear that everybody raise your prices <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's so interesting to yeah. that kind of sorry when, when you hear that like when you read blogs on india actors and shit people sharing the experiences everybody says raise your prices yeah. but actually doing it is quite a quite a frightening experience so it, it's not it's easier said than done in my opinion yeah yeah of course of course you think you're gonna get a backlash right and who, actually who are you gonna get the backlash from i guess maybe two people current customers well no they wouldn't they wouldn't be upset but i mean prospects that were thinking about it and they were on the fence but hey if they were gonna buy it they would have bought it already. yeah exactly in addition to product talent what were some of the other ways that you were trying to grow i posted a lot on reddit in the early in the early days and yeah i was also active on twitter but at the time um, that i launched ships i was I had about 400 followers or something on Twitter, so it wasn't a, couldn't get a big audience or big impact. And I wrote a lot of blogs in the beginning, so only now it's about five months down the line, and now I start seeing some some traffic from the blog posts. So yeah, I, I, my plan is to invest a lot more time in writing blog posts because I really like the passivity of SEO. It sends you traffic long after you've made that investment. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, and yes, it does. Yes, it does. So tell us about your background. What is, do you have a degree? Do you have a, a computer software degree? I mean, how did you get into, you know, creating different softwares, different businesses? How did you get to that point? Yeah, I'd say I have a non-standard IT background. So I originally, when I was at school, I had an IT at subject and then I had a teacher, which um, she completely destroyed my interest in IT because I didn't do very well in that subject. And she, she made it too difficult in my opinion. So then I decided after school, okay. I was going to study uh, chemical, which is a completely different field <laughs> than, than uh, software development. But I ended up completing it and it, it's still interesting. I still find uh, chemistry and stuff interesting. But then when I started working as a chemical engineer, the work job itself was just not what I expected. And then I started building my own stuff on the side because I really, uh, I really like 
developing software and playing around with ideas and building new things. And then at some stage, I just, I quit my engineering job to find a job in software. And that's kind of where my career started. So I've got a degree, but it's in chemical engineering and it's got nothing to do with the software development. Okay. Did you quit your job before you found a, a job in, in, in computer software? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> at some stage, I was just fed up with the, you know, all this dusty plants and uh, going to uh, like a far or small little town living there for yeah. weeks on end with, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a different lifestyle being an engineer in such a small mining town. Okay. So you got your, your first computer software gig, right? And you're doing that full time. Were you also, did you also start creating something else on the side, like a new, a new project yes. that you wanted to ship before ship SAS? All the time. I've been busy with side projects ever since I got, well, that's what got me into software uh, development in the beginning. But I think when you start out, most people start out like this, you think, yeah, if I build this awesome product, then people will come and they, they will like, yeah, they will like it and they'll use it. But what usually ends up before you, before you finish off the project, you run out of steam because you either find something else or the idea is not interesting anymore or you lose some motivation. So yeah, my, my graveyard of projects, side projects is well, very big, but, uh, <laughs> how many yeah. are we talking? You go like, like a handful or more than a handful, but it's definitely more than 20. Wow. Yeah. When you look back, like, what are the ones that come to your head? Like, what was I thinking? You know, like, what the hell was I thinking when I was working on that? Like, give us an example. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. I, I cleaned up my GitHub uh, account the other day. And there's a lot of old repositories there that of ideas and stuff that I worked on. And yeah, it was quite interesting to see all the stupid ideas I had in the past. But I mean, that that's that's also how you grow and how you learn new things. So yeah, I, I think you have to grow, go through that phase of failing and realizing, okay, sometimes you need a stupid idea to teach you something and then you will find a better idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I've had, I've had quite a few stupid ideas in my time that I've launched. And of course they were not successful, but the key is, is that, Hey, you, you, you try another one, you get another idea and you, you know, you try to the other one, keep going okay. and you find yeah. something that yeah. works. So what's something that, that you're really good at and you feel like you're better at this than most other people? I think I'm good at communicating with people. Yeah, that, that's definitely one of my uh, strong points. People have this idea of software developers only like sitting in a dark room every day, just writing code, not speaking to everybody, not having a social life. But I think I'm different to that uh, stigma. And I, I really like interacting with people and chatting about stuff, exploring new ideas. So that I, I actually value the social component that the software industry has as well. Okay. So we connected through Twitter. Is that your primary channel where you're meeting new people and developing relationships or is there other places, other platforms that you're using too? Yeah. At the moment, Twitter is the main channel. Pre-COVID, I used to go to a lot of meetups um, and conferences and stuff. Yeah. For the past three years, that's been a bit less because there is less conferences or everything's online. And yeah, I attended one or two online conferences, but it doesn't have the same feeling and uh, doing it in person. There's not the same spontaneity to it, in my opinion. So now Twitter is the main channel. And I actually enjoy interacting yeah. with people on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. I've had an account for over 10 years, but I never approached it with 
the focus of really trying to get to know somebody until recently. And it's just really, really changed the way I look at that platform now. Yeah. I feel like I've developed some people, some friendships, you know? So now when I go to Uthred, I feel like, hey, I've got Nico there to show me around. (laughs) Or when I go to South Africa, I'll be like, hey, what should I do? Right? Yeah. So what systems, because you've got more than one software company out there, right? What systems do you yeah. have in place to like stay on top of things? Are you are you doing this all this by yourself? And 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 you know, tell us who you're working with and what systems that you're using to really really stay on top of everything. Cool. So yeah, the one product I have is ShipSource. That's uh, I'm doing that all on my own, doing all the marketing development and everything myself. And then uh, recently we started building SuperMeme.ai, which is a AI meme generation tool specifically for marketing purposes. And that's I'm building with two other guys from India. We also met each other through uh, Twitter. That's where we connected and yeah, started having uh, some chats and stuff. And uh, then they approached me and asked if I want to join their team. How I manage to stay on top of things is an interesting question. Sometimes it doesn't feel like I'm on top of everything <laughs> as it should be. But um, what really works well for me is to time box all my tasks. So I try to do planning the day before and say, okay, I need to get these four or five tasks done in the day. I'm going to reserve an hour for this, an hour for this, hour and a half for this, and then actually block out all other meetings or notifications or whatever, and just focus for an hour or an hour and a half on getting X or Y done. That really helps me to you know, focus on the task at hand, get it done as soon as possible, just focus deeply um, without any distractions and then move on to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Focusing is, is, is something that I think a lot of us struggle with, especially when, you know, you get those notifications. So I actually turn on, turn off notifications on my phone. Do you do the same thing? Do you like pause your notifications and try to just focus on that one window, that one tab? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I I also do that. And uh, when, when do you feel like you do your best work? Are you doing this late at night in the evening or what's your work day look like? No, definitely in the morning. Yeah. I get up early and then have a coffee, just wake up a bit and then start working. In my opinion, the more work I get done before 12 in the afternoon, the better. Because normally in the afternoons, I, I'd like to have the meetings then or yeah, do some more social stuff, which doesn't require that much focus. So I find it more yeah. productive to do the deep focus work in the morning when I'm still fresh and then late in the afternoon, either go to the gym and go and exercise or yeah, socialize. Okay. What's one of the most interesting projects that you're working on right now, Nico? Well, I'd say definitely supermeme.ai. If you were told me, if you told me a year ago that I would build a tool that generates memes using AI, then I would have laughed at you. Now I'm still laughing, but just at the memes that we generate. <laughs> yeah. No, it's the memes. I mean. Within a split second, you read the, the quick caption, you see the picture, and you'll laugh your ass off. And they they just they yeah. cut through the glass. You know, what I mean, they just really, really captivate, and it's so easy to convey your message. But then it's also a really fun and interesting way to build connection. That's definitely yeah. what yeah. Dagobert has done with his business with Logoology, and he's had phenomenal success. Uh, with memes. I'm actually going to try to create my first meme using supermeme.ai today. So I'm excited about that. I've got a couple of ideas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like if somebody like goes yeah. to the platform for the first time, what do they need to do? I've already been there. I kind of know, but just share, you know, the steps on what they have to do to use the tool. 
So the idea is to help people that needs to generate or create memes on a bit, bit bigger scale. Sometimes you just lack some creativity and you don't know what you want to say or what joke to make. So if you go to the platform, you either have two options. You can pick a template. So we've got a lot of meme templates, which is just the pictures, or you can upload your own. So if you take in your own picture of yourself, maybe, or of your colleagues or whatever, you can upload that. And then you select a theme. Now, we've got a lot of themes at the moment, stuff like startup, sales, crypto. Yeah. So a whole bunch of themes that you can select from. And then based on the theme and the selected picture, we generate a caption for that meme. And it's in within the context of your selected theme. So if you want to make a meme about crypto, for instance, then we will generate something about crypto based on the image that uh, you've given us. And then also, if you're not happy with the AI generated caption, you can just change it and uh, add your own caption. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. And then, okay. So there's the super neat part, but then you've got another little SaaS product out there, like what to build or, or something like that. And it's like, Hey, if you're trying to find oh, an yeah. idea, a new SaaS product, and I was playing around with it and it's so cool because you can just click a button and it gives you a pretty good idea of something that I don't know if it exists or not, even if it does exist, it hasn't been scale. And so it kind of gives you an idea of something that you can actually go and work on. How did that, how did you come up with that idea? Yeah. So my idea around that was to kind of be a, an extra site that can send traffic to ship sauce because most people, they want to make, they want to make money or they want to build a business, but you don't always have that idea or that starting point, you don't know what, what to create. So I figured let's have this, this also an AI backed idea generation tool and you just click it click the button and you get it an idea generated by AI and I give you the starting points of what to build. And I have the kits already to get started and save you a lot of time. So that, there you go. You can just uh, get started and build your million dollar idea. <laughs> okay, man. I love it, Nico. So, you know, from, from our conversation, you don't have a computer, you know, software degree, but you've already got like a few different SaaS, you know, companies out there that you're working on. It seems like you're having a lot of fun. And, you know, who do you get advice from? Are there mentors that you have? Do you take advice from anybody in the community? Um, just trying to get an idea of where do you get your inspiration, if at all, you know, where does that come from? Yeah, I, I get a lot of my inspiration from my wife because she is not very tech literate. And I say that with a lot of respect. So in, in, a, in a lot of ways that she opens my eyes to bad experiences or bad things that people think are a good way to do things on the web. But actually, because what happens most of the time, if you are a developer, you understand certain things of how uh, an app is built. So you also have this underlying knowledge of what is possible and what's not possible. But then when somebody with very little tech knowledge looks at it, tries to use it, they actually have a completely different mindset and context using that. And yeah, that has actually opened my eyes in a lot of uh, ways to always be aware that people that have no tech knowledge actually use and uh, enjoy things differently than people with that knowledge. It's also very important to get those people involved when building a product. Um, you can't build a product for everyone and just have a lot of tech people working on it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've made the mistake where in the past we built a product and we thought, well, if I was a user, this is how I would think. The problem is exactly. that you're That's probably representing like 50% of the users, right? You're missing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on whether or ever you're going to really think and use the product. 
you know, but because you're in it and you've done this before, you feel like you've got a good grasp of what everybody's going to be concerned about. And uh, a great thing that we're doing right now, we're releasing a new a new product at Bonjoro. But it, it, instead of just releasing it to all of our customers, we have it in beta and we're doing it in phases of getting feedback. And we missed so much that our customers saw. And uh, it's been a great experience, you know. There's like, you want to ship things out fast, but then at the same time, you could do that, but it's probably not going to be a good experience. So lessons learned, definitely. We, we yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So before we go, quick question for you. One more question before we get into the fun questions. You know, what's something, what's an important truth when it comes to developing new software that people might disagree with you? And that development can be like, you know, the time it takes to develop a new, a new SaaS, you know, product or service that's out there, or maybe what you believe that's important about growth, because obviously you're pretty creative when it comes to like driving traffic to your product by using another idea, another website that helps generate ideas, but that flows traffic back into ship SaaS. But you know, what's, what's something that you probably disagree with, with most people. So there's this, uh, knowledge that's being uh, shared quite a lot of just ship it. So just build something and launch it and then move from there. I agree with that, but to a certain extent. So the, your first impression of your product, is always the most important one. When you just ship something with a lot of bugs and that's a bit bug, you know, buggy and shitty, that's the first impression that people see of. And what happens most of the time is people see it's not that great and they leave and never come back. So I agree with the wisdom of just ship it, but make sure that the first impression of your product is at least good enough to keep people captivated. You can always improve from your first version, definitely, but your first version needs to be good enough to keep people coming back. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Thanks so much, Nico. Some fun questions so the audience can get to know about you and your personality a little bit. Can you tell me what city do you think you would like to live in? Oh, that's an interesting question. I don't think I would I'd like to live in a city, ideally. I like the quiet and peace of the countryside. So uh, a small little town with a lot of mountains is uh, my ideal place to live. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. Other, <laughs> okay. Other question for you. A time that you were somebody's hero, what did you do? A time you were somebody's hero, Nico? Yeah. Well, recently we went uh, a river rafting like two weeks ago on the Orange River. And uh, then... At some stage, our boat tipped, which was a, quite a frightening experience. We all had a good fright. I think the, the one thing that made me the hero of the day is I retreated some stuff out of the water. All, all your stuff is on the water. Yeah. <laughs> Not beers, but uh, sleeping bags <laughs> in the tent. So, <laughs> which is equally important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Nico, thank you so much for being on Innovators Can Laugh. They enjoyed having you here. Everybody listening. Nico, where can they learn more about you? I'm most active on Twitter. It's uh, which is quite an odd thing to pronounce when you're not Afrikaans, but uh, I assume the link will be on your site. Yeah, it'll be in the show notes along with links to uh, Shift Sales and uh, SuperMe uh, as well. All right, Nico, thanks so much for joining us. And everybody listening, if you like the episode, feel free to tell other people about it and uh, subscribe to the show. All right. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. What a fun conversation with Nico. 
There's much here you can benefit from when it comes to focusing and building SaaS products. My favorite takeaways are that you don't need a computer software background to build a SaaS product. Don't try to do everything yourself and think creatively when it comes to marketing your product. This is something Nico did with creating the site whattochip.com, which gives developers and entrepreneurs ideas on what to build. A lot of visitors to that site learn about and visit shipsass.com. This is a very creative way to generate more leads and raise awareness for your product. I've included links from this show on the ICO website and newsletter. It's number 47 if you forgot. And if you enjoyed this topic, feel free to give us a review and tell your friends about it. As always, thank you for listening. Keep hustling out there. This is Eric signing off. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, I'd really appreciate it if you could give us a review and star rating. Also, don't forget to sign up for the ICO newsletter at innovatorscanlaugh.com where you can get the bio and details of each guest. Thanks.